Meet Luca Bauman, the German aerobatic pilot who's been wowing audiences with his aerial skills since a young age. Starting with the Horizon Air Team at just six years old, Luca now travels the world, showcasing his talents and representing his sponsors at top events. But Luca's not just a showstopper. He's also a fierce competitor that has gotten great results in iMac, F3S, and freestyle competitions. Plus, he adds an extra layer of excitement with captivating night shows featuring pyrotechnics and thrilling glider kills. In this chat, we talk about Lucas starting the hobby, discuss his iMac precision and freestyle planes, and do a deep dive on his approach to looking at PTS, including some details about thrust vector gyro settings. Luca Bauman, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for the invitation. Um, can you give us maybe a bit uh, mm -hmm. of an introduction of um, what, what you've been up to lately? Um, yeah, I'm now 20 years old and I started flying when I was uh, five years old. So I'm now flying for 15 years. And since 2009, I'm team pilot at Horizon Hobby Europe. And I also started flying competitions since 2009 and starting with uh, youth competitions. And then also since 2018, I'm flying jet aerobatic S3S competitions. And since 2019, I'm German champion in jet aerobatic competitions. And I also fly iMac and freestyle competitions and Almost everything. You said you started flying at five. That's really early. Uh, was yep. uh, somebody in your family, like your dad, uh, into RC back then? Or how did you get started at that early age? My father wanted to start flying RC helicopter. Then he bought a simulator and a helicopter. And then I was sitting on the computer and was flying almost every day on the simulator. And I think that was already before. And then to my fifth birthday, I wished me a airplane. And then I got a sailplane. It was like an easy glider. I don't know the name exactly for which plane it was. And I know it was on May the 1st, um, which I made the maiden flight directly by myself. And yeah, that's how I started. Then I flew a bit on the field and after a few flights, we go to a model airplane club uh, near to my house. And then I started completely flying by myself. And yeah, my father flew one year a bit and now he's just helping me and don't fly anymore. These days you are fairly focused in aerobatics, whether it's iMac or um, Jets. Uh, and yeah. you're obviously very good at it. Um, did you get interested in aerobatics pretty early uh, or were you flying some other stuff at the beginning? Um, when I started flying, I was also doing, it was like iMac, but um, on the youth competition, uh, just people under 18 years. And then we were also allowed to just fly small 1.5 meter planes, so 60 inch planes with a maximum capacity of 6S LiPos. So we, I had a Sebart Mito S50 and after that a Sebart Prometheus for the youth competitions. And I won almost every year there. And it was also something like S3A iMac, something like that. 
So I always fly aerobatics since I started flying. Do you know, was there anything in particular that uh, attracted you about aerobatics versus other types of RC flying? Um, yes, it was in 2009 on the first Horizon Air Meet in Donovan Gunderking, Germany. Kiki Somcini was there and also Seth Arnold. And I saw Kiki flying with the Hunger 9 Beast and it was really impressive for me and I want to do the same. So that was why I completely started and also flying giant scale. I think my first giant scale aircraft was with, uh, I think eight it was 2011. Wow. So, no. so my first giant scale was the Hangar 9 XO 300, the red, white, silver one. It's a good first uh, giant scale aerobatic plane. Yeah. Yeah, I still have it in my hangar. Nice. I'm still flying it sometimes. Wow, that's awesome. It's old, but it's still fun to fly because it's back to the roots a bit. Yeah, oh, that's really cool. I had the, I think I had the previous version, like the first extra 300 from Hangar 9, the kind of like yellow, white, and blue. Um, that one yeah. was really, really, the really fun plane. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that one was was really fun plane. Um, switching gears, uh, I recently saw you, um, at a pretty big airshow. I think it's called Antidotum. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. Um, in, in yeah, Poland. It's Antidotum airshow in Poland, Latvia. yes. That's a big airshow, right? That's a full scale airplanes. Yeah, just full scale. I was the only pilot that uh, flew RC planes. How did you get involved in that one? Uh, they invited me to fly because I'm here in Germany, I'm doing big night flight air shows with fireworks from the plane and they saw me flying and then they invited me to fly there because the air show there is just on the evening, evening and night. They're also flying to full scale planes at night with fireworks and everything on it. And there's also the complete Red Bull planes, T-28, Corsair, everything. And the air show is crazy. I think on Saturday there were about 50,000 people. Wow. And this this year we made something new with, with a friend of mine. Um, I was towing with my extra 300 uh, Swift Designs from Brockman Modelbo with 5.6 meter wingspan. And then we are doing aerobatic towing on the ground. We had the tow line lightened up with LEDs. And the uh, Sailplane makes some aerobatics, like inverted flying or rolls on the tow line. And I was also doing some aerobatics in the ground. Then I towed him up into the high. And then he's doing his solo part. While he's doing his solo part, I was landing with my extra. Then I started the extra NG for 3D flying because with the extra 300, with the complete fireworks on it, it is too heavy to fly 3D because I have about five or four kilo of fireworks wow. on the plane. Did you have to do a lot of uh, modifications to get the fireworks um, set up in the plane? Uh, no, not really. I just have uh, wires through the wings for all the ignitions and for the lights. It's also a custom light which changed the LEDs. It's from RC light systems in the mm -hmm. UK. And I just reinforced the fuselage with a towing hoop 
because normally the fuselage is just um, styropore on on the top, and I reinforced it completely with carbon fiber because the sailplane weighs about 20 kilos, and otherwise the plane wasn't stiff enough to carry it. Um, I think the the combination of robotics yeah. plus pyrotechnics plus lights plus night flying plus a glider also doing aerobatics is a pretty mm -hmm. unique combination. Yeah. This weekend we are doing it again on the glider fair in Schöpminden. It's one of the biggest glider fairs in Europe. They are coming all companies around Europe uh, just for this fair and there's also a noon show in the evening and night show and we are doing it there again. It also seems like this year has been pretty busy for you. Uh, I think you were, at least I'm aware yeah. of, you've been to a bunch of events, obviously in Europe, but on top of it, you've been in Israel, I believe, to the Idosegev Cup, right? Yeah. Uh, and also in the US to, to Yonel. How hard is it to make it work? I assume that you, do you go to school or do you work at the moment? Um, at the moment, I'm doing uh, apprenticeship as a mechatronic engineer. And we are doing four weeks working, then one week school. But in Germany, we have 30 days holidays. And normally the ashes are just on the weekend. So it isn't a big problem. Awesome. How was uh, turning to Israel for the Idosegev Cup? How was that competition? It looked really, really good. A lot of good flying from what I can see online. It was, it was really great there. It was a complete new experience because everything was different. In Israel, there are not much airfields. They had a normal grass field and they converted the complete grass field to an airfield with um, roll, um, with, don't know the exact name in English, the grass, uh, plastic mm -hmm. grass. Yeah, some kind of artificial grass. Yeah. Yeah. And it was great to fly there and it was also a really great experience because I know some people from Israel already and to meet them in per, uh, person in her, their own uh, city and going to dinner with them and also flying against them, it was great. At this point, you have flown freestyle competition uh, pretty much all over the world. You've, you've obviously done stuff in Europe, yeah. you've been to the Tuxedo Robotics Surat in the US, you've been in Israel. Um, have you noticed any major differences either on the way uh, pilots fly their freestyles or the way um, the judging happens in those competitions between different countries? Yeah, it's uh, in every country it's completely different. Like in USA, with the stock mufflers, I are also notice that the plane um, is more crisp because with normal cans it's not so crisp and uh, the US guys are also flying crazy because they're flying really close to you and all low and in Germany for example they are more um, flying the lines like precision but also in 3D so not so much going out to the field and going in and yeah and also Israel it's a mix between everything 
so I noticed in every um yeah in every city everywhere it's different how they fly these days do you enjoy more freestyle or iMac the, the precision part of, of iMac I really like flying both because uh, on iMac you have to fly uh, really precise and on freestyle you can smack and fly low and the mixture of both is great I love to fly both. What airplanes are you bringing for uh, for the iMac competition? For iMac flying for the Unlimited, I will use my model power slick X360 with three meter wingspan and a DA170. And for freestyle, I will use my Extreme Flight X Range 104 inch with a DA120. That um, slick. Do you have that setup specifically for iMac or? No, it it is the freestyle version. It is the freestyle uh, freestyle version, but I made it a bit more nose heavy and made a small uh, uh, throws to fly in iMac because on the iMac version you have just a bit of smaller elevator and smaller ailerons, and when you make less throws, it flies almost the same. Got it. It's a that brand is definitely not common at all here in the US. I don't know if there's any uh planes from um model power here in the US, but I've seen some videos yeah, that looks like a really, really nice plane. Uh they're really great to fly and they are also really light because of the composite um Abahi structure. So the fuselage is composite and the wings and elevators are stereo bari. Mm -hmm. So the plane is really light and my slick weighs 17.5 kilo wet with fuel and smoke. And for a three meter plane, it's really light. And yeah, the problem is sometimes for a plane, they're not producing much. It's not like extreme flight producing uh, as much planes mm -hmm. as you uh, as they make can make, um, they are just producing planes if you order one. So they made them kind of custom for you when you order it. Yeah, it's complete. It's complete custom, like a car. Um, you can say how big you want the ailerons or the elevators. Oh, wow. um, you can say where where exactly do you want your wing tube, for example. Or um, if you want the firewall for two-cylinder or four-cylinder, the um, canopy already glued in, or um, you can glue it by yourself if you want. Then you can have a, a carbon a canopy or also a glass canopy like you want. And it's like a car. You can uh, customize everything. That's very unusual in RC to see that. Yeah. MySleek, for example, also has a custom design, and the design is based on my Tomahawk Futura, and they are making everything you want there. Yeah, speaking of the, of the Futura, I believe that was uh, one of the first jets that you flew when you were starting with jets, yeah. right? Yeah, the Futura was my first jet I had. How was uh, getting started with jets after having some experience with... Uh, Arbatics, Janskill planes. How was the the switch? Was it like pretty, pretty easy? For me, it was easy because when you can fly aerobatics, you can also fly easy jets. 
the only difficult part on flying jets is with the throttle response because the throttle response is much slower like on a gas airplane. But for flying it's no problem. You just have to manage on the first time you fly then you have to pull out the flaps and the landing gear and then you make some um, landing flights just to see how slow you can make the plane and then it's no problem. And I think I saw that you recently did some work on that Futura, right? To make it uh, 3D capable? Yeah, I have two Futuras. The orange one, that was my first uh, jet, it already has an inside vector inside. But I converted it now to an outside vector because um, the throws are much more efficient. You have a bit more power and you can flip faster and yeah can have a bit more fun with it. The red Futura is um, just for competition flying. It has no vector inside. I will just use it for the competitions. Is that basically F3S? Yes, it's F3S. How uh, big is F3S over there in Europe? Um, it was big. In Germany, there was every year a competition. But at the moment, they stopped doing it. But I think they want to start to make a bit new version of S3S flying and want to make some international competitions. But I don't know when they're starting it. I just heard that they want to do more again because at the moment here in Europe, the most flying part is skate flying. So it's IGMC scale jet flying. Mm -hmm. Is F3S pretty similar to F3A, but with uh, with sport jets? Um, I think it's more like iMac. If, um, because the programs are a bit like on the iMac flying. From the difficulty when you fly the advanced program, it, I think it's a mix between iMac and F3A, something like that. It's only known routines, though, right? There is no known or freestyle, not at the moment, at least. There are also some freestyle competitions. Oh. But um, I think at, at the moment, the competitions I flew, they were just known programs. But on the new competitions, I think they already want to do unknowns then. And speaking of jets, I see a very big one behind you. That's your new <laughs> yeah. RSXL. That's my new RSXL. I want to build for uh, next year. It will be a bit lighter than the older one with some other components inside. Also, again, with the JetCat P300 Pro. And it will also get a new custom design. Yeah, and for people that are not familiar with this plane, they might have seen you flying your current RSXL, the red and black, uh, at yeah. UNL, right? Um, that's the one you brought a few months yes. ago to, to the US. Uh, I have to say that's probably one of the best um, demo flights with a sport jet I've ever <laughs> seen. Um, I think it's thank you. It's very it's common enough these days to see somebody doing you know those flat spins, those hovers with a thrust vector jet. Uh, but it's very rare to see things like a rolling harrier uh, or, or those type of like kind of rifle roll 
uh, passes with yeah. uh, with sports yet, and uh, and that you know the, the couple of videos I've seen of you over there in journal with your RS Excel, that looked really cool. Thank you very much. I think the RS is also the only plane which you can do maneuvers like that because with the full ailerons, I can have the flaps with the ailerons, and yeah. I think with other plane you can't do it like this with the RS. Yeah, and that's yeah, yeah you're correct. Like the, the RS you have full uh the, the flaps can go up basically, right? Like it's not just the standard flap no. uh versus something like the Comparf or the Carf. Um Mephisto, I believe you still have no. flaps inboard and ailerons on the on the outer no. half Aileron. of the of the wing. No. Yeah, but on the Mephisto you can use tailerons. Yeah. Because with the pendulum elevator, you can use it as tailorons, and then you also can roll a bit, but not as fast like with the RS. So, one of the things I always hear when I speak to um, jet pilots that do some 3D um, is that um, the challenging part of things like hovers with with a jet is that. Mm -hmm. um, is what you were mentioning before that slow delayed throttle response yeah. uh, and they always mention that even for landings that makes it a bit challenging because you cannot do the fine tuning when you're close to the ground yeah how does that 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 must play a big factor when you are doing those type of maneuvers like the rolling harrier or the hover so close to the ground how how do you approach that type of maneuver with a jet um, it's every time different because also with the climate, when it's hot, the turbine don't have as much power when it's colder. And yeah, you can't pull throttle up and then you um, go up again. Um, you have to manage the throttle a bit before, um, the thinking, um, if it goes down, you, um, then you already have to put more throttle. And yeah, I think after a few flights, you know what to do and then it's no, not a big deal, but it's also from turbine to uh, turbine different. For example, here in Germany, we are flying uh, with Jet A1 kerosene and you can have there a faster idle response on a jacket turbines, for example, like with diesel because the burning on diesel is not as fast like on kerosene or petroleum. Does that mean that the throttle response is a bit faster on kerosene than diesel? I think so, because on uh, journal I had to um, set the throttle response a bit back. Normally in Germany I fly with the throttle response on fast, and on journal I had to put it back to normal, because otherwise my turbine stopped. Oh wow, interesting. I think it's also a factor from the fuel which you have. If you have a better fuel or a not so good fuel, I think it's uh, everything is there a factor. How was journal, by the way? Um, I mind that that's a big trip <laughs> in general, but especially when you're bringing, did you bring the RS yeah. only or did you bring also uh, in some aerobatic plane, like a propeller plane? Um, from Germany, I only brought the RS with me by plane. I took it as sport luggage, so oversized baggage on mm -hmm. the plane. And I also had an extra entry there because last year for the Tucson shootout, I built a complete new extra entry 
at Desert Aircraft and I stored it at Desert Aircraft and DA brought it to me for the journal. So I had also my NG to fly there. Nice. That's a, that's a good arrangement. With um, the um, planes taking it by the plane, it's a bit cheaper than as air parcels because then you on air parcels normally you have to pay taxes and everything and as oversized package it's not a problem like uh, with taxes but you don't know if they take your plane or um, take it not i also had some troubles on munich on the airport because they wanted to first measure the uh, door on the airplane if the box will fit on the plane hmm. and then you also or have um, special dimensions um, which you have to be under, otherwise um, you can't. Uh, they can't take the plane with you. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I pretty much always see people sipping the airplanes separately when they travel international with those like big crates, yeah. those, those, those big wooden crates. Um, and I always assume that that was the cheaper. It sounds like it might not be the cheapest. Uh, but it's probably the mm -hmm. the safest in terms of it's less likely to run into yeah. into issues. Um, I, I know that Martin Pickering, who who travels also all over the world um, with with jets, yeah. um, has also had like a bunch of horror stories about uh, traveling with airplanes. <laughs> Always like some weird yeah. new thing, whether it's at the airport or uh, usually with customs, and that's that's uh, common. Yeah. The good thing if you travel with jets is um, with the smell of the kerosene, um, they don't smell it on the airport because the complete airport it's smells like kerosene. Uh, and on gas airplanes, you have a bigger problem with the gasoline. They can smell it, then you can have a problem. But some it, normally it should also work, but you have to clean the engine, the fuel tank, the tubes, everything. For example, for uh, for the Ida Zekev Cup in Israel, I already uh, I also took my extra NG with me by plane, uh, but I made complete new fuel lines inside a new fuel tank. I cleaned the complete engine and everything that I don't have any troubles on the airport. Wow! Have you been also carrying all the additional equipment with you? Transmitter batteries. Any problems with batteries when you travel? I know that lipos are always. Lipos are not the problem. The mm. problem more is the transmitter. Really? I yeah. I already had sometimes the problem when I'm on the security control and then on the um, scanning. Um, my transmitter, everything will close. Then they ask, "What is it? For what are you using it?" Um, when you say for model airplanes, then they think it's for drones, for military stuff, and then you have to explain everything, but then it isn't a problem. The batteries are no big deal. You just have um, to tape all the connectors, that there is no open connector, and mm -hmm. you also have to write down how many... Um, Ampere and what the LiPo has, and then it's no problem. One thing I thought was really interesting uh, was in the Idosagev Cup, I believe I saw something about potentially being able to borrow or rent uh, an airplane from kind of 
the organization. I think they were putting together two or three airplanes yeah. uh, and letting pilots that were coming to compete use them. Um, that sounds like something obviously hard to pull off for many competitions, but sounds like a really, really good idea, if possible. Yeah, the problem is um, it isn't your own plane because every plane flies different. Then you may don't have your own transmitter. Um, and yeah, sometimes you also have to uh, have one plane to fly with three people, for example. And if someone will crash the plane, the other two can't fly. And yeah, it's always a bit tricky. You can have luck, but also sometimes don't have any luck. Yeah, definitely, there's definitely nothing like having your own plane. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I guess I guess the nice thing about it is I can imagine many times somebody that might not be able to even try going to the event or the competition would this mm -hmm. day have the option. As you said, it's not straightforward. There's some edge cases to handle um, and it's not optimal, but it's nice to have the option. Um, I, I know for me, yeah. it would be really nice. Like I think there's many competitions I would love to go or many events I would love to go, but the hassle of transporting an airplane such a long distance makes it yeah. pretty much impossible. That's really great, but you have to deal with it, with the problems you can have. But for some people, um, it's great because then they can go and fly and don't have problem with transporting because not every airline uh, allows to transport the plane or sometimes it is also way too expensive for the price you pay just for the shipping. Um, you can rather buy a new plane. For example, last year for the shootout, I also want to ship my planes. And then I think the shipping was over 8,000 euro. And for, yeah, 8,000 euro is about $8,000. And for that money, you can also buy a new plane and build it there and leave it there or fly it there and sell it after the competition, for example. Yeah, it sounds like you basically went that route, right? You you made your own plane here in the in the US for the shootout. Uh, and now you have it yeah. here uh, available for next time you want to come. Yeah, at the moment it is at Extreme Flight, and if I come to the US again, I will write to them and they will bring it to me. One other thing I was uh, going to ask you about jets and um, the RXXL in in particular. Um, you are using their Jaro, right? You're using a Cortex, I believe. Yes, Cortex Pro. How is your process for getting that set up? Uh, I assume that Jero plays a big part on, on those type of like 3D maneuvers with this with these airplanes, right? So I, I assume that mm -hmm. the tuning of the Jero is pretty critical, and these are not yeah. super popular planes, and they're not uh, there, there's not a lot of people that you can like um, use as a reference on how to set it up. So how how is your process to set this up? Um, yeah, first you just fly it and set it up like a, a normal plane with the gyros. Um, for example, you fly straight and then you go up with the gain and when it starts shaking, you go down again a bit and then you make some snaps or something like that and then you see if the plane is going straight or it's uh, shaking a bit again after rolling. For, ex for example, when you make a fast roll, it should stay straight, not shake after the roll a bit. And if you have set it up like this, 
then you start doing the same, like, for example, the um, hardest part for the gyro is Hario, because if you have too le um, less gain, it is starting uh, to shake like this. The, ro the wing rocking. And, yeah. yeah. And then you have to find a good mixture to uh, have high gains. For example, on the RS, I have um, on the high gain for 3D flying 100% gain. But as soon as I go up and fly faster, I have to switch the gain back to normal flying because otherwise it would shake because it is too much. So basically, you have two different and, modes yeah. based on the um, on the speed the airplane is flying at. Or... Uh, yeah, I made it now like this. For example, I have an, uh, the switch when I have the vector off. Then I have my normal gain. And um, when I have the vector on, I have increased gain for 3D flying because when I fly, when I have the vector on, I don't fly at full speed. And I made now about, I think, 100 test flights with different games. And I found now the perfect setup that I can also fly with the high gain normal without shaking. Um, yeah, and then I don't have to switch any gains while flying just when I go the vector on or off because when I fly, when the vector is on, you don't fly with uh, low passes with full speed, for example. You don't need a vector, then then I go down flying without vector, and then I have to lower gain, and then it's no problem to fly. So you're saying that you only use uh, thrust vector um, for specific maneuvers um, if you're doing just a knife yeah. spa, uh, kind of a fast knife pass. You have a thrust vector off. Yes. Um, for example, on the RS, it flies complete straight. You don't need a gyro there. With the high fuselage, it's um, flying like a yeah SGA plane. Yeah, it looks pretty much like a fast pattern airplane with a jet turbine in the back. Yes. Yeah, I, I was mentioning before. Um, I think I've seen some people flying uh, jets like the Mephisto, for example. And they will actually keep mm -hmm. um, the thrust vector on pretty much all the way uh, because you can get a little bit of like help, for example, with a, with an effort pass. You have a little bit of the support from the from the um, from the thrust vector, um, so you can go yeah. maybe a bit slower um, without having to yeah without, without having to go that fast just to get to get that um, support from the tail. Um, but it seems like the the pilot probably can choose their uh, based on their preferences on their plane in particular. Yeah, it's on every plane different. Mm -hmm. For example, I don't like flying all the time with vector on because then when you're doing, for example, rolls, fast rolls, um, then you are also circling with elevator and rudder and with the vector you have more gain on the... Um, yeah, with the, uh, it wants to do flips immediately if you have too much throws. And then sometimes it's flying a bit weird, so I prefer to fly the normal stuff without vector and just the 3D stuff with vector. On your propeller planes, on your Extreme Flight uh, Extra or your um, Power Model Slick, uh, what is your typical uh, transmitter setup there? Uh, do, do you do everything with a single rate? Do you have multiple rates? How, how, you, how do you like to, to set up your planes? Um, I always have 
two different rates. So small rates for flying more pattern flying, like slow rolls or knife edge or something like that. And for the 3D flying, I'm going to high rates. Does that mean that for a freestyle yeah. routine, you are flipping back and forth a good amount? Yes. Just for normal stuff, I have slow, um, yeah, I have lower um, throws because then you can also make better slow rolls and yeah, I prefer flying with two different sets of um, gain rates. Mm. But it's on every, every pilot, a pilot flies different. For example, the US guys also have the uh, dual rate every um, surface on a different switch. For example, one mm -hmm. switch just for the aileron dual rate, um, one dual rate, uh, one switch for elevator and one for rudder. Um, yeah, I just have one switch for everything. Yeah, more like flight modes than individual dual rates. Yeah, also with the modes, for example, the um, on the transmitter. In Germany, there are some people flying mode one, so throttle on the right side and aileron on the right side. Also some mode two. I think some also mode three, but not at much, and also mode four. For example, I fly mode four. It's throttle on the left and aileron on the left, and ele elevate and rudder on the right stick. And on the US, for example, everyone is flying mode two there. Yeah, I think um, when I was in Spain, and now here, pretty much everybody I see uh, flights flies in mode two. Yes, it's in every country different. You mentioned before. Um, You've been with Horizon Hobby uh, as a team member for, for a very yeah. long time, right? Um, how did you get yes. uh, involved with Horizon Hobby? Um, it was on the first air meet. They want to do a world record with as much um, park zone planes as possible in the air. And then I wrote them that I want to fly there. And then they wrote me back that a five-year-old uh, child can't fly I have to come a day earlier to the air meet and then I should fly there and show them that I can fly. Then I was there and yeah, Chao Shamun, the uh, CEO from Horizon Hobby in Germany, came to me on Christmas and asked me uh, if he, if Horizon can, uh, would like to support me for one year to see how I will grow and how I will fly. And yeah, since 2009 on Christmas, I'm team pilot at Horizon. Yeah, that's awesome. Do you remember what uh, airplane you flew on that airmate? It was from Parkzone, the P-51 Mustang. I assume you're now using Spectrum transmitter, Spectrum um, yeah. receivers and servos in your planes? Everything is from Spectrum. I fly with the Spectrum IX-20 SE and with the PowerSafe receivers. And also with the Spectrum A6300 or A6350 servos. For me, they're working great. I never had any problems with them. And I really like the servos. They're great. They have zero play, are really fast and strong. And I never had any issues with them. Yeah, I haven't seen, haven't seen many people using a Spectrum servos from big aerobatic planes or big jets, but I'm starting to see a bit more. I've seen some some people putting them on some jets here uh, in the US yeah. and haven't heard. And yeah, now they are really growing with the Spectrum servos. 
Aussehen Germany the big uh, jets with 400 or 500 size turbines are all having spec mostly spectrum servers inside. You have been doing a lot of stuff with erotic plants with jets, uh, both in Europe and internationally. Um, do you have any additional goals, dreams, targets in within RC in the next couple of years? Is there anything that you want to do more of or, or do you want to try something new? Um, my dream is to be to to win uh, one of the big competitions. For example, my biggest dream was um, some years ago that I that I will fly on the Tucson shootout. That was my biggest dream. And last year it became reality. And yeah, for me, the, the goal on every competition is that the plane will survive and I'm not the last one. That's my only goal on the competitions. But a dream is to win a competition like the Tucson, for example. Yeah, I, I, I got the chance to fly on freestyle in the surout, the 2019 surout, and felt kind of the same. Like I had always, okay. I was, had always watched those videos from from Spain of you know the the, the best pilots in the world flying there, and yeah. being able to to fly over there was was really cool. So, so I can yeah. I can relate. Yeah, I was also really happy with my result on the shootout. I never thought that I would be so good, but my dream was to fly there. And it became reality. I get the chance to fly there. So why not? And my only goal was not to be the last and the plane that it will survive. Also, maybe we'll see you uh, in the next shootout. Of course, I will be there. Do you have any final words of advice to somebody that is um, interested in robotics, jets, any of this stuff we've been talking about? Do you have any any words of advice for them? Um, yeah, if someone is interested to start flying aerobatics, or for example, also chats. The best thing is if you go to a club near to you, because there are always some people who are flying aerobatics or maybe also chats. And then you can speak with them. Then they can give you some tips and also help you. For example, what first chat you can buy or um, what first gas airplane or aerobatic airplane you can buy. And they help you setting it up and everything. Or you can also go to uh, air shows, for example, like the journal. There are always some people who will help you. And maybe um, they allow you also to fly plane from them with um, as a trainer mode. Then you can test it and then you say, yeah, you want something like that too. And then, yeah. Yeah, definitely meeting up with people that are doing what you want to be doing is definitely a really good, really good first step. Yes. Or also on the forums, asking people, um, for example, on RC groups or in Germany, it's called RC network. Um, you just have to write there that you're interested in doing, for example, chat flying. And there are always some people who write you what you can do or yeah, what you want what you want to do or yeah. Yeah, definitely nowadays with internet, it helps a lot. I know when, when I was starting with robotics and 3D uh, back in Spain, there was a lot of people doing that nearby and ended up discovering flying circles, mm -hmm. now flying giants. And that was a big resource to see 
videos of people doing the maneuvers they wanted to learn and, and ask questions and things like that. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you again, Luca, for, for taking the time to talk uh, about all the coolest stuff you're, you've been up to. Um, yeah, hope to see you. No problem. Uh, thank you for the, the invitation US. and everything. Yeah. Thank you. Next next year, I will definitely come back to the US. I will come to the journal again, uh, to the shootout, if it will happen next year, and also for the um, 3D contest in... Um, I don't know the exact name of the Ultimate 3D. Yeah. Uh, throwdown with 12 pilots. Yeah, I know which one you're talking about. I yeah, forget I got the name the right now, but the, the new thing that they're organizing uh, on the West Coast. Yeah, I got the invitation there, and I will definitely fly there. Next awesome. Time. Well, thank you again, Luca. No problem. Thank you. Bye. Bye.